welcome to Hotel Analyst's Perspective Podcast. Each week, we will be delving into the key stories impacting hotel investors globally. Although you should bear in mind, we look at the world as seen from London. You can find out more about us at hotelanalyst.co.uk. Joining me, Andrew Sangster, Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, are Catherine Doggerall, Hotel Analyst Perspective Editor, and Chris Bowne, our web editor. This week, we are talking about Whitbread Zip, IHG, Accor, and C-Trip's entry into hotel brands. So, Catherine, as part of Whitbread's Q3, they announced their new brand, Zip. What did you make of it? Um, well, as uh, <coughs> many of you have been saved this week from seeing my original headline, which was um, Whitbread Bungles with Zippy, um, I wasn't entirely convinced that this was going to go the way that they hope. Uh, anyone who has been following the sector for a while may recognise certainly the designers and um, certainly the rooms will look particularly familiar as being used by Yotel in um, I think it was 2005 or 2007 I forget exactly when but the past certainly a decade on and the difference this time is that we have rooms which are very small and have no windows in remote locations whereas the Yotel plan was rooms with no windows in extremely central locations um, one priced at a reasonable premium these starting from 19 pounds a shot so you choose where you want your no windowed room to be the earnings call had Alison Britton talking a lot about um, who is going to be using this and um, there was a lot of mention of lorry drivers uh, who would maybe not be driving through, they would be stopping, but considering that you have to pay extra for Wi-Fi, cleaning your room and breakfast with the Zip model, one wonders whether you wouldn't in fact stay in your lorry after all. <laughs> a whole new segment then, that's where they're aiming for. But Chris, um, you um, are based in Cardiff and in fact you came across what is the first Zip. Tell us about the location. Um, it's off the end of a, uh, to, to, it's to the eastern end of Cardiff, it's off uh, a shopping, out of town shopping strip and the building itself is actually co-located with a David Lloyd um, sports uh, fitness centre so it's a little tricky seeing those uh, 40 foot drivers bringing their arctics through the uh, uh, through the barrier and parking up <laughs> alongside the rather swanky cars of the David Lloyd customers uh, looking for their cheap night uh, uh, with a pillow a and a decent sized bed um, so that, that sort of just seems slightly curious that kind of idea that, um, that what somehow white van man is going to mingle in with the uh, David Lloyd punters um, and find his place for the night but of course the other, the other curious thing is that uh, barely a mile up the road is a Campanile hotel which although it's a, a much older format actually already offers the white van man um, somewhere to stay at a very reasonable price uh, and a decent little little restaurant to have your breakfast in um, and so kind of you know they've already in, in Cardiff it would seem that uh, that's a market that's already being largely met so it'll be interesting to see how this one works out. Yes I think one of the things that was particularly familiar about this not just the way it looked was the £19 price point which um, anyone who hasn't GDPR'd themselves properly will still be getting lots of emails from Whitbread offering them £19, room, £19 rooms once a quarter so they're obviously taking Whitbread on directly with the £19 price and yet you do get windows with your Whitbread with your um, sorry with your travel lodge room. Yeah with your Premier Inn um, I think you mean no, um, I. Uh, okay, but with the Premier <laughs> Inn room, 
um, but Premier Inn, uh, they're offering it at 19 quid, and you do get a window with that. But also, what's interesting, Chris, I think this was an existing hotel, uh, Premier Inn, wasn't it? And they are effectively, for, for this property, they are halving the size of each room. So if where there was one Premier Inn bedroom, there are now two um, zips yeah we spotted the planning application quite early on and uh, literally they have just taken the uh, floor plan of the existing premier in and uh, rather than have a corridor down one side the corridor now goes down the middle and uh, hey presto you've got twice as many rooms so it'd be interesting to see what other uh, slightly spacious older format premier inns um, might also suit this uh, this doubling up of, of room numbers um, to uh, to fit the new zip now do some of the rooms have windows how does it work yeah some of them do uh, the ones obviously facing out uh, to the exterior um, do but the uh, in in the way the the layout's been reformatted obviously then there's a whole bank of them that um, uh, maybe weren't designed with um, you know with with windows they would have been the rooms that would have had a uh, a wall originally uh, which would have been part of the uh, corridor so so they're going to just be have a nice little I don't know maybe have a big TV or a mirror or, or what they'll have um, I do remember years ago I stayed in um, a, uh, a capsule kind of format compact format hotel in Birmingham and uh, they very cleverly had large TVs on the wall and a, um, a a camera on the top of the building which was playing live so you did at least feel like you had a window and a great name night night as i recall that's right yes um so let, let's um move on uh now to talk about our our next topic which is ihg intercontinental hotels group now they've also launched into the super budget category or at least um maybe a notch above zip with avid um, Catherine, just what, what did you? Uh, I think the market generally was pretty disappointed with this set of re- Q3 results from IHG. What was your take? Um, on the results, yes, there was a certain amount of disappointment that IHG has been slow to compete in the massive expansion we've seen everywhere else, and that maybe as the market appears to be turning at the moment, it might find that the chill sets in before it can warm itself up properly. But as far as the Avid launch goes, I think IHG were at least more not more honest but more open in the motivation for launching the brand and it was less that it was to do with meeting new market segment although certainly the mid-market is an area of interest for them but more in terms of picking up where the whole massive holiday and expansion has left off in the US so it's giving owners another option and it seems to have gone down reasonably well although whether it can gain the traction that it needs while everything else is slowing down uh, remains to be seen. Mm. It's interesting though with, with, with how they're positioning this um, are they hoping to hoover up some of the, the hotels they've been kicking out from Holiday Inn? Well this is more of a new build is my understanding so it's hard to say whether they would pick up anything from the kicking out process and where indeed those hotels would go but um, certainly there is a market for it and it seems to be growing and warming up and I, I believe that Germany has signed up for some hasn't it so that's key market for us and a key market going back to Premier Inn so maybe there'll be some competition to be seen for them there which will be something interesting to watch over the next couple of years. Okay so Winter and Choice who have been picking up the particularly in the US the ex-Holiday Inns that didn't make the grade um, they can breathe a sigh of relief on that one then um, at least for the short term. Um, Chris any there's no avid down Cardiff way? 
<laughs> no, I don't think there's any coming into the UK so far as they've announced. It's uh, it's Germany, which is where they're making their start in Europe. Um, but uh, it, yeah, I, I guess the th the the thing that strikes me is that it's it's very much easier to build new builds and get permission to build new builds um, in the US. You know, on the edge of edge of towns in the US, if you've got much much tighter markets such as the UK and Europe. Uh, so UK and, and Netherlands particularly, then you're going to you're going to struggle to find a nice greenfield site on the edge of town, which you can quick and quickly and easily slap up a, a very efficient uh, templated uh, property, which will be uh, just right for Avid and and efficient to run. Yes, although of course the problem for Avid in the US is, um, as we've been seeing this this results season, certainly in the Hilton results, they were talking about all the issues with increased cost of construction and everything that goes around that, which is why they're looking to more conversions and fewer new builds for their growth in the coming coming downturn. Mm. I, I think the interesting thing about this is, is the move down market by both Whitbread and Intercon in terms of their spotting that there's a there's a need to get into sort of the, the sort of Michael O'Leary level of hotel guest. Now it might be especially with Zip that they've spotted a market here which um, will open, you know, uh, which will suddenly become apparent once they've rolled a few out. Um, right now it, it seems to us slightly incredulous that we're going to have a whole bunch of guests willing to save 10 or 20 quid to stay in a windowless room which is half the size of a premier inn or a or a travel lodge travel lodge especially as you point out catherine that you can pick these up if you plan ahead um at a reasonable price uh, at the moment as far as we we're aware whitbread are still going to be um, yield managing these so that if you're booking last minute you're going to be paying quite substantially for your zip or are they doing a fixed price as they did when they did the first rollouts of premier in or in fact travel in as it originally was um, it's not clear yet what they're going to be doing as far as the pricing goes. They weren't very clear on that. Um, we're anticipating more detail in their Capital Markets Day, which is in February, I believe. Um, but as far as the kind of Michael O'Leary model goes, there's only so far I think you can go with, with clarity when it starts to irritate the consumer uh, when you turn up and you find that you need to pay to have your room cleaned and you need to pay for Wi-Fi and you need to pay for your breakfast. It's um, I think everyone's wise to that game at this point. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, I think most people are only likely to be staying here one night aren't they and it's going to be clean between guests um, yes. and you know a lot of people will just be rocking up there um, quite happy to use 4G um, on their phone for a handful of emails rather than log into the Wi-Fi this isn't this isn't aimed at your road warrior um, classic traveling salesperson it, it's aimed at that next notch below the super budget conscious um, guest and maybe just as we saw with the original budget hotels there was a whole swathe of guests came into the marketplace um, there was it, it was as much new people coming in to use hotels as it was substituting from old hotels maybe the same is going to be happening again did has Whitbread given any research on this or do we have any indication yet as to a, a sense of the market they are hoping it's going to be new people who are fresh to the market but I think the difference between what happened with the last um, influx of budget which was people not staying on people other people's you know friends sofas and get the chance to go out and visit family more and, and additional travel which didn't exist before is of course since then we've had the um, entrance into the sector of platforms like Airbnb which are also bringing in uh, reasonably high quality verifiable um, cheap 
Broomstock, where you may also be able to stay. Whether you can park your Arctic outside at the same time is anyone's guess, of course. <laughs> you can ask the host to find out. And then, of course, also you've got in super budget. You've got the fast expanding Easy Hotel and um, Travel Lodge. have always been, you know, that bit cheaper than Premier mm. Inn as it's well. It's interesting so. though that um, the likes of Tune Hotels never made much headway over here in the UK, did they? They seem to do quite well um, and have done quite well in Southeast Asia their home patch um, and indeed there they had the pricing model where they were charging for air conditioning and so forth but that, that never that never worked here in the UK did it? No well I guess what's interesting or what will be interesting to watch is how OEO gets on um, in the UK so obviously they've launched in the past few weeks who are providing lots of revenue management support and things like that for owners and also a platform of, of much cheapness. And then, of course, you've also got the issue of um, uh, hotel room layouts. And uh, if you go, if you go super compact rooms, uh, traditionally that's not been a format that's been favoured by the average hotel investor because their view has been, well, you know, we can't flip it to another brand very easily if uh, we fall out with you. And indeed, that was one of the issues with the tune hotels in London that led to them being um, effectively taken over and rebranded by their landlords because the uh, the landlords themselves said well you know uh, there's very few other people who want to take a, uh, a hotel even though it's centrally located uh, where a good percentage of the rooms may not have windows or have a an opening into a, a ventilation shaft for a window. Um, and that was one of the things that led to point A being. being it's developed. interesting, isn't it? How how all this has evolved, and it's a classic case with Tune there. I think of them being pioneers, collecting the arrows. Maybe with this new wave of super budgets, ultra budget, call it what you will, um, they're actually going to be the settlers who who get to hold the land and and make a uh, you know make a mint out of out of that process um we'll have to wait and see how how how, how that develops um well i think that going back to chris's point about tune um and ownership and what you can do with it afterwards this Whitbread are currently in a strong position to experiment aren't they being uh, being owner operators but it depends what happens to Whitbread when and if they get sold who picks it up who wants it whether they see this is just another brand that's been added on to make it look like they're a multi-brand operator and more in keeping with the current operator market and therefore an attractive takeover target or whether they think this is too much fuss. And of course, the other thing to think about is that um, sometimes the, the local planning authorities have views on whether or not they are prepared to permit windowless hotel rooms. Um, recently, uh, one of the hoteliers in in Dun uh, Dublin had uh, uh, a proposal turned down. They wanted to t change a kind of basement ballroom ballroom into some some rooms, and uh, the planners said, uh, "You're not." You're no, not no one wants guests with rickets. We don't. <laughs> But this, <laughs> I mean, obviously, but that's not been an issue in the UK. I think it has been an issue in Germany, which is, of course, a big target market for Whitbread for for its Premier Inn at the moment, at least. So it's going to be interesting how they have to evolve this brand. But going back to your point in terms of the real estate investor, Chris, I, th I think one of the big attractions of this is that you can really maximise your use of space 
that original night night in Birmingham that was built underneath a multi-story car park in a in a space which no hotel would normally be able to enter and I think if you look at um, quite canny investors like Starwood Capital their investment into Yotel um, suggests that there's an appetite there with real estate investors wanting to maximize the use of space and looking at innovative concepts that do that and maybe Whitbread actually has something here where it can go in and offer this I mean it's already got hub its city centre offer and now it's got something outside of the city centre uh, as well and and, uh, and perhaps it was a smart move to um, make a big distinction between the two whereas you're prepared to pay a little bit more for hub because of its location and the sense of um, um, luxury in a first class airliner cabin the original yotel concept maybe that is a sensible play to divide that between this ultra budget offer which is going to be zip i I, i'm sort of split views of this um and i i hear you catherine you're um somewhat more negative about zip but um yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how we go but let's let's move on talk about accor um europe's biggest hotelier historically very very strong uh, in the economy segment and of course they had the formula one or formula uh, hotels which have exited now of course and they've turned them into the the ibis budget brand and they've they've dumped their original concept of having toilets at the end of a corridor and the the, the rooms all sharing use of those facilities um, and they've moved into ensuite facilities which is what we see with um with zip of course um accor in contrast to ihg and in contrast to whitbread had a very good set of q3s didn't they catherine they did and once again one of the interesting things with accor um, has been the new businesses division where they continue to have some issues around their sharing platform on fine stay but um which i think is, is nothing to get too particularly worried about but they have been very successful with the technology companies that they bought and one wonders whether they're going to now move into another distribution play much as they attempted with marketplace um, and I was always a big fan of the marketplace concept I think it's a very difficult one to um, certainly for owners to come to terms with and that proved to be one of the stumbling blocks I believe but um, I think that they have some interesting plays to be had in terms of technology and I watch this space with interest. Mm, that's a total I mean to be fair I mean one fine stay has been a terrible investment they've had to write it down write it off marketplace was a disaster they had to exit it I, I, I'm not at all convinced by the strategy of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks <laughs> uh, uh, you know a, a, it's not much that seems to be sticking at the moment for them uh no but there have been some good concepts out there as as you know i went to go and look at Accor local and um and no it's not working in its current format but the ideas are very good um so it depends how long you can support these ideas before you make them work or you, if you can find somebody else to to make them work better and then steal the idea back of course which is the ideal and um we looked as it for further details there but as far as technology goes and certainly the working more with the owners is something that which we're seeing particularly in the OTA space at the moment and so if they can try and get the jump on that then they'll have something to offer that maybe some of the other operators aren't. Other than on the distribution side where they do seem to be uh, getting some traction is in their aggressiveness in acquiring new brands and they seem to be adding a new brand every week at the moment um, 
and that, that they do seem to be actually turning that into good effect so right you know the transformational moment of course came with the Fairmont Raffles acquisition which was a you know fairly high price they paid there certainly a much higher multiple than they paid than Marriott paid for its acquisition of Starwood but Accor that has transformed Accor in terms of the type of company it is from being a almost exclusively economy player with with a few also ran luxury offers in the form of Sofitel now it can claim to be a fully fledged player in the luxury space as well with Fairmont Raffles and it's adding a whole raft of new brands do you, do you think they're running out of road in terms of this current acquisition run or can we expect to see some more I think we can always expect to see some more and probably within the next 24 hours <laughs> but um, it's certainly in, I think the SBE deal was very interesting in the US and there's plenty of room left for them to go in the US plenty of room for expansion of brands and probably plenty of small things they can buy um, what's that there was a museum based brand I think they bought part of or all of 21e museums or tw something peculiar the name escapes me um, which was also in the US, wasn't it? And more of a kind of experiential brand fun, which everyone enjoys so much of at the moment. But I think certainly the US, they've got a long way to go. Interesting. Yeah, certainly in terms of getting some scale there in the US. I mean, um, they exited their whole economy with Red Roof and Motel 6. Mm. Um, that, that was a disaster for them. And they've, they've, they've gone away with their towel between their legs. But um, there's no... Yeah, certainly these deals will um, sorry, oh, make them look, um, look less like funny Europeans. Yeah, indeed. Um, talk about adding brands, Sea Trip. So if we if we we look at the world in terms of big OTAs, I guess the there's the two in the sort of Western world, which is Expedia and Booking Holdings, uh, formerly known as Priceline. Um, so they're the two giants, and of course in in Asia and China in particular, it's Sea Trip is the giant, and it's Sea Trip has made this first move into getting its own hotel brand as far as we know. Catherine, what, what's happened there? Yes, well that is um, largely as far as what anyone knows, but a uh, brand it is, and they will be much like Oyo um, we're looking to do in many ways, but without obviously the distribution offered by Seatrip. Um, we can make your existing hotel, and they're looking to the high end, which is, or the upper end, which is um, reasonably unusual in China at the moment, particularly as far as people like Wazoo go, although they are looking slightly higher, but this they're starting at the top, and they want to make your hotel much, much more successful. So this raises a number of interesting issues. This is something that everyone on the more developed OTAs have certainly feared for some time that they would look into developing their own brand and now it's happening mm. so will it spread and what does it mean of course for the other hotels that list on sea trip are they going to put this brand first will you have to pay more to get on top of them and uh, so on is it a double-edged double fee sword yeah the problem is it's kind of eat your own young isn't it sort of cannibalize yourself um, it's always been assumed that the OTAs they've got such high margins they're making so much cash that they would never actually get to compete directly with the hotel brands but maybe I mean there are signs that things are slowing down a bit for the OTAs uh, generally they're finding it tougher Airbnb I think is giving them some significant competition if you look at their um, their commission rates they're certainly going down um, we're going to hear later this year how much um, Marriott's going to force booking holdings uh, rather Expedia mm. to cut its rates it's already uh, rumors are that Marriott has a commission rate out of booking of about eight percent which is incredibly low 
more than half the, the level which um, historically the big hotel brands have got. Um, how much lower can they be forced to go? And if we see that, and if we see the relative profitability declining like that, perhaps we will see them pushing into into creating new hotel brands. But it's interesting that um, Sea Trip that they they have partnered with um, an established hotel management company, um, Jin Mao, if that's the correct pronunciation, um, who are. Um, they, in fact, they opened the first unbound um, Hyatt's collection brand product uh, property. They opened the first one of that. So it's an interesting how they've moved into into that space. Um, I increasingly are, isn't it? They've said we'll bring you all our big data knowledge and our information about the customer to improve the business of your hotel. This is what they're offering under their new brand more than I think just kind of what we think of as traditional branding. So as we know hotels sit on a lot of this technology and a lot of this information themselves. Is this going to give them the kick that they need to actually use it? Yeah it's interesting but I think that they're going to have to resolve as you, you say Catherine is sorting out um, whether they get how, how they're going to promise a level playing field for their existing hotels and it's kind of like areas of protection which the hotel brands have in terms of if you're an owner how do you guarantee that your hotel is not going to be playing second fiddle to another hotel which that same brand company is has put its flag on um, on an even bigger level the OTAs are going to have to do some convincing I think if they do move into this space Right, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, come back next week for more. Thanks very much.